0: Hey everybody, welcome, so glad you could join us here. I'm Ben Shapiro. I'd first like to thank everybody for being here. I'd like to thank my co-host Rabbi Dr. Ari Lam. He's the CEO of Benetzion. It's an organization dedicated to promoting Israel and Judaism through new media. And of course, we all want to thank Elon Musk who asked if we could come together for what's sure to be a fascinating and meaningful conversation. One of the things that nobody can deny about Elon is that he's willing to speak publicly on pretty much everything and tonight is no exception. Now, most of you have probably seen by now that Elon Musk is at war with the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL. It's a group that was once dedicated to fighting anti-Semitism in non-partisan fashion. Of late, they become significantly more partisan in their progressive politics, to say the least. Like a lot of progressive interest groups, the ADL would love more controls on dissemination of speech at X. They, like a lot of other organizations, are doing so by pressuring advertisers to move their dollars away from the platform. Well, a few weeks ago, Musk posted on X saying that the ADL has been trying to kill his platform, falsely accusing him of being anti-Semitic They said that if this continues, he said that, that he will have no choice but to file a defamation suit against them, which is obviously pretty funny considering it's the Anti-Defamation League. Now, as I said on my show when this was unfolding, Elon happens to be right on the merits here. The legacy media, multinational institutions, left-wing interest groups, they have been converging on Musk as as a supposed source of rising hate speech, and they've been doing so in really opportunistic fashion from pretty much every angle. Until Musk took over X, they were largely running things in terms of which messages to silence or quash. And these institutions are generally in favor of more censorship, more restrictions on speech. That censorship has often been used to shut down not merely material we all agree is gross or violent or despicable, but to shut down a bunch of material that doesn't actually meet with approved narratives, whether we're talking about COVID or transgenderism or foreign policy. These organizations get what they want at a lot of other platforms like YouTube and Facebook, but they're not getting it at X, which is one of the reasons why they're very, very angry. So. For the first part of this conversation, Elon Musk and I are going to discuss what it takes to preserve free speech while battling activist third parties, pushing censorship, dictating what is considered, quote unquote, brand safe for advertisers. And then in the second half of this conversation, Rabbi Dr. Lam is going to lead a discussion about how the ADL and anti-Semitism affect speech issues, discuss Elon's feelings and experiences regarding Judaism more broadly. And then we'll open it up to some questions from a few esteemed leaders in the Jewish community. So that's enough from me. Without further ado, Elon, welcome to. Your own your own website really appreciate it.
1: The, the got, there mo- we go. Uh, unfortunately, I think you inadvertently muted me. <laughs>
0: well, I mean that would be a first, muting you on your own, on your own site. So, why don't we jump into uh, to you know the, the oh, issue I,
1: right I, I, I I just wanted to say that uh, your preamble was spot on. I couldn't have said it better myself. That is exactly the situation, and it, it's absurd. On I mean, first of all we've actually been tracking the the, the hate speech views anti-semitic or otherwise and they've gone down since the acquisition objectively and we've had multiple third parties unrelated to us do this, their own analysis for the full data dump and they've con- concluded the same thing so that's also important which is important just to start off with some important facts and if someone else is has is looking at the you know the the the, the, the view counts on on you know on on fk twitter and has evidence to the contrary. I'd love to know what, what that is. But absurd so to be accused of something when all the evidence points the other direction. And my entire life story is, in fact, pro-Semitic. And we had Walter Isaacson, who I, I believe is Jewish, spend two years with me. You know, had complete access to every everything. Really, there was like no else barred, nothing. I didn't even he didn't even have to clear with me who he talked to beforehand. And I think he might, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. He might have picked on it. He might might have figured it out, you know, if I was anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's just freaking absurd. You know, uh, and, and like a little sort of, you know, a, a few sort of, you know, little tidbits. I, I actually went to Hebrew preschool, Rachel Spiro, in South Africa when I was a kid. Now, I, I don't know if I'm sort of genetically Jewish or what, but um, I mean, maybe somewhere. I, uh, But I, uh, if, if I, I would say I'm
0: aspirationally Jewish. Let me put it that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, about, like, Elon, Elon and most of us choose nice. say "don't don't aspire <laughs> so hard." It's not it's not that
0: fabulous, but,
1: yeah, but, no, but, but I mean, and, and I'll tell you some other crazy stuff because, like, like my name Elon is actually a very sort of Israeli name. It's a, it's a sure. A, yeah, it's, it's like being called Bob in Israel, and uh, and and, then, and and then I I actually my father took me to Israel when I was 13, which is like a bar, you know, like a wow game. Okay. I mean, basically, you put this backpack together it's like pretty, pretty, you know. Jewish adjacent, and uh, I went to into Israel. Went to the Wall. Went to Masada. I went to been to Masada twice. <laughs> it's like I don't know if it, many people can say that. And you know, so and and you know, I I wouldn't say my is the best. It's a little rusty, but it's pretty
0: pretty good. Elon, but, I, I, wanna, I, I wanna, propose I at some by,
1: point we you kind of, around, you know. Yeah. Um, I,
0: I, so I want to ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> so for, first, I, I I would like to ask you sort of. Your definition of what free speech is supposed to look like on the platform absent pressure. So obviously you've done a lot in terms of free speech. You've personally intervened in cases like for, for our outlet, what is a woman to, to get rid of restrictions on speech. Yeah. Uh, but what, what, what exactly should speech look like, especially in sort of gray areas? So we all sort of agree on no child abuse, no yes, terrorism, yes. no threats of violence, no incitement. But when it gets to things like hate speech, which has a variable yes. definition, where, where do you draw the line? Uh, no, I think that's a, that, that's a very interesting uh, question and a, and a difficult
1: to solve. It's not one, it's not one with, with, with a very easy answer, especially w- with regard to the exact line of what, what is or isn't, you know, a hate speech. Uh, because one person's hate speech is, not a, is another person's free speech Many m- much of the time. So... You know, like, the, but 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 I think we we sort of start with with the with the rather you know obvious slurs and 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 you know the things that are like no-brainers and then beyond that I, we, we like the, the the general principle overarching principle is to operate according to the laws of the country that we are in. That's that's the general principle, to clear. So, and, and I think it's the right principle. So in in the, in the U.S. we're able to be much more free with speech, and some other parts of the world left less, less so, where we have the choice of either providing the, you know, the X platform or it being shut off with, or, or throttled. But, and, and I do believe also generally, like if, if there is someone harboring, you know, hate and, 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 and you know, that, that hate is based on sort of incorrect assumptions or, or, or bad knowledge, the, the, the best way to combat that hate is to hear it. Um, and then, and then, and then, and then say why it's not true as opposed to somebody harboring secret anti-Semitism or, or, or some other form of hatred, never actually hearing the counterpoints as to why what they believe is, is potentially false is false. Um, and, and so they, you know, the, the, then, you, then you have all this hidden anti-Semitism or anti-you-name-it. It, you know, I think actually often it's better that somebody says something and then gets dunked on frankly or, or is, is corrected. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, like the question, you know, it, it, and, and it actually, frankly, it's one of the things I like about the United States, you know, and, and, and we, sh- we need to make sure this remains the case. But in the United States, you know, the, the when there's we, we for the most part wash our laundry in public. So so you, you can you can sort of see the dirty laundry for the most part. And, and we need to keep it that way. And so as far as it may, it may appear that that something that is, is bad. But actually, everyone else has way more dirty laundry. They just don't show you. So you just hidden, you know. So.
0: Yeah. So so when, when we talk about you know anti-Semitism, for example, appearing on Twitter, you, you mentioned things like slurs or incitement to violence, or for yeah. example, the te- one of the textbook pieces of definition of anti-Semitism is is statements that the state of Israel should be obliterated, thing, things like that. But when it gets to yeah. you know the when, if that stuff is out there, the, you you basically have three three choices now. One one is that you ban it. Two is that. You limit its reach. You've talked about freedom of speech versus freedom of reach. And I, I kind of wanted to drill down, down with you yeah, on yeah. What, what that means. And then and third is demonetization. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what standards of demonetization ought to be used? So I, I suppose that it's, it's the latter two parts that, that would be amazing in terms of, of clarity would, would be the freedom of speech, not reach and demonetization. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, on, on the just going in backward backwards order, but demonetization, it, it, it and I, and I, actually, I should preface this by saying we, we do lots of dumb things. But but the, these dumb things, you know, as the saying goes, one should not attribute to malice that which easily can be explained by incompetence. So we do lots of foolish things, but the, and we and and we want to fix that. And a bunch of these foolish things have been in place for a decade. And you know, I can't fix them all at once, but we are fixing them. So for example, there's there's a list. I think Chai Rechik was pointing out, like t- <laughs> yes. testing the system. You know, and and I've looked at this list, and it's some of the terms on the list. I'm like, look, if that's a bad word, I, I'm clearly, I need to look up Get Urban Dictionary or something, you know, because I, that one I didn't realize was a bad word. So this, this, that, that list needs to be trimmed, that, that's the sort of not-safe-for-advertising list. Now, advertisers, you know, are, can be rather skittish, you know, They, especially when you look at something like, like the X platform, which is only 1% of the advertising market, optimistically. You know, it's pretty easy if you've got like a, you know, 1% of your ad budget. Just has too much hair on it. It's like not worth it, you know. It's easy to just say, like, well, for a lot of advertisers out there, well, the you know, it, it's 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 not. This is more. This is more pain than gain, you know. Like I said, the advertisers are very skittish. Like one sort of article in, in a sort of medium-sized newspaper is enough to, you know, sometimes scare off advertisers from yep. a platform. It's, it's it doesn't take much, is what I'm saying. A, a loud noise in the room could scare advertisers. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's they're, they're not they're not sort of bold as brass. No, for um, sure. I, do,
0: I, I mean, strategically I, I, speaking, what do you, what do you do about that? Obviously, we've had experiences with with organizations like the Global Alliance for Responsible Media that yeah. have, that have tried to leverage advertisers against, for example, our platform. I know that those those same those same groups are meeting with X trying to determine "quote unquote" advertising standards. How do you maintain free speech principles in the yeah. face of? Attempts to do what the ADL or Garm have been attempting to do—sort of control what sort of speech is allowed.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we are really trying to hear close to the law in the country, like uh, in like the United States, and other countries. So, it's sort of like, so that—that—that's that, our general principle. And if, for for banning things in, in, entirely, if something is illegal, well, it's legal, and and uh, that needs to be banned or suspended or whatever, cut up. That, that that that's like i i guess sort of fairly obvious uh, just to ca- continue on the advertising front though we, we right now sort of have a binary on off switch which is silly because th- there is a spectrum of advertiser bravery or advertisers not being sensitive to things that actually don't matter so i, I think we, we, sh- we should have really degrees of advertiser safety kind of like you've got you know movies you, you know you don't have like go no go for movies you've got like sort of you know all ages pg-13 you know your sort of r and x and all that sort of stuff like x-rated hilarious this media is x-rated so you know so, so that if you're an advertiser, you can say, and, and with with actually with it with a, with a cost tier where the you know the sort of the, the sort of safest safest so-called in course say you know ad- advertisers who want the safest sort of situation you can have that but then you, you can just go all the way up to even advertising next to sort of not safe for work stuff, you know, even if it's like some, something pretty spicy as an advertiser, you should be able to say, well, I don't mind, that's fine. It, it because that, that's actually going to cost less that, that will cost less per impression or ultimately per sale of whatever they're trying to sell. Because you know, it's, it's, it's like that, that, that real estate is, you know, not as sought after and. And so advertisers really should be able to, to, to pick, like maybe, I don't know, within four or five gradations, what they consider to be okay, instead of like just a good, bad. And I, and I could say, for, for example, like for Starlink advertising, you know, for the SpaceX Starlink uh, satellite network, I, I would just say, go, we'll take it all, including the NSFW, fine, no problem, who cares? So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, that, that'll be a hot, higher return than, than, than having all these stringent requirements. So, yeah, and, and then for, for, the, for the actual line on, on, on sort of um, where it's more dubious, it's legal, but it's still hateful. Um, you know, the the, the, the way the, 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 the way we're trying to deal with this right now is algorithmically, which is that, you know, if, if we show people content that makes them want to leave the system and if they're getting sort of hammered with hate speech, probably they will have not like that. Now, you know, so the the algorithm is supposed to be showing posts on the X system that are uh, interesting informative, funny, and otherwise useful to people on the system now it doesn't always succeed at that but that is the goal. so you know obviously if we just hammer people with hate they're going to leave the the platform and that's you know we'll, we'll lose that sort of customer I guess and uh, yeah so so that that's sort of the mm-hmm. the basic uh, situation as I meant and as I mentioned the, the the view count where you say like okay, how many HP views have there been? Pre and post Twitter, pre and post the acquisition. And uh, they've, they've dropped by at least 30%, and I think they've
0: continued to decline just because we've made the algorithm better. More transparent. I mean, you know, it's certainly gotten been rid been... of a lot of the bots, and that's helped an enormous amount. I remember that the exactly. same ADL that, that's targeting you now declared me the, the single greatest recipient online of anti Semitism in 2000. And I will say that that has dropped markedly since 2016, and, and including after you took over X. Uh, I did want to ask you, Elon, about. You know, one of the issues that's coming up, you know, that, that generally goes to free speech and, and you have this, as, as I mentioned at the top, combination of both private organizations, some of which fundraise, some of which make money off of off of calling for censorship, and governments that are putting yeah. pressure on social media platforms in order to do the work that they really are not legally allowed to do, certainly in the United States. And and, and so, yeah, you know, how how can you stand up and, and what sort of pledges can you make to, to users of Twitter with regard to these sort of backdoor pressure attempts by both advertisers. I mean, I think that your sort of gray dated sphere, it it helps, it's it's not gonna totally overcome, obviously, the power of of great consortiums of advertisers who decide that they are, for example, only gonna check the box on safe advertising. Uh, And they're not going to broaden out the spectrum, but price differentials hopefully will make a difference there. But when it comes to government, what do you do? Uh, Our policy is to resist with
1: any attempts at censorship to the maximum degree allowed by law. So yeah, you know, but but in, in in the U.S., by far the biggest pressure comes from, essentially, you know, I'd say fairly far left uh, activist groups. Now, you know, when and, and they tend to act in sort of coalitions. Like there's a whole bunch of them. You and they'll, you know, they'll, write the you know whatever sixteen activist groups, whatever you know. So they'll they'll as a pack. But what, what what they what they're trying to do there is is really oppose left, often extremely far left values. On, on X and, and other platforms, under the guise of hate speech, but but it is in fact a, a, a matter of politics or, or of re- really views that would I think the general public would consider to be somewhere between left left and <laughs> somewhere between far left and extreme left. So it's it's like really, I mean, it's it's really disturbing, frankly. I mean, and obviously, I, I think yes, and you, and you've been the to you. You've been a target many times, so uh, and and, so, and actually the the, the the thing you mentioned, which is like, is, is like for, for many people, I say, like they're like oh there's all this hate speech, and I said well have you seen any? And they're like well no I haven't seen any. Well okay, then you know like that BBC reporter where he was like oh the platform's filled with hate speech, there's so much hate speech, you can't believe it. And I said well name one example, and he couldn't. And I'm like well yeah. so if there's so much hate speech, you, can, you can't name a single example, not even one. What's top of the list? Oh nothing. It can't even think of anything.
0: You know um, the, the overweening panic is obviously political in nature. I mean the fact that you're yeah, heterodox absolutely. politically is 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 clearly one of the driving forces here and and that that brings me to one final question before I hand it over to to rabbi lamb and that has to do with some of the other social media platforms so Russell Brand, who obviously is a super controversial figure but has also come under you know significant accusations with regard to sexual assault, rape, all the rest he was recently demonetized on YouTube for the accusations that have not even resulted in an arrest as of yet. You know, what, what, what do you make of social media platforms demonetizing people for things they're doing offline that have not resulted in, for example, criminal charges as of yet?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely think we should know it, it should be, first of all, I mean, there's, there's two pluses on, I mean, Russell Branding. I actually checked, by the way, with some friends of mine who work closely with him, women that worked closely with him and they said he was he, he was actually a gentleman and had a very nice and they did not feel and, and especially on movie sets if, you know if, you, if you're if, if something's happened in a movie set news travels fast and uh, people i know said no this isn't this is not the post Russell Bryan is not is not a bad bad guy so so that, and and then there's separately you know even if there was, there's something that did happen there, there needs to be obviously a, a conviction here not not it can't be guilty until proven innocent, because obviously, then we're we're just sort of in the witch-burning phase here, which just being declared a witch is enough to make you a witch and be burnt. I, I think this I think this witch-burning instinct might be like deep-seated, frankly. So, but we can't have that, you know. It's it's because you, you, obviously anyone could be accused at any time of false charges, and and we we can't be destroying their lives on the basis of potentially false accusations. So, yeah. And I, I, I'm not sure if charges,
0: have you have, has anyone even filed charges in, in the Russell Brown case? My understanding is, is not at this point. The accus- I believe that the police have been soliciting for, for actual evidence at this point, seeing if they can bring charges, but I, I don't believe the charges have actually been filed. So, Elon, uh, well, just, I want to hand know, it over that's to a layer of outrageous, you know. I do to want to hand over to it
1: over to you. He doesn't even have charges, guys. This is crazy. And, and, and now Russell has obviously been rattling the cage, you know, of the powers that be. And... And and, and, and and these alleged accusations from people we don't know, who, where there's not an actual lawsuit. Why now? You know, because these things happened many many years ago. What what's what what why now? And it's like it seems like an odd coincidence that it's happening when when Russell Russell is really great gaining tra- traction, questioning a lot of the conventional wisdom, and you know and and uh, you know some may say, oh, well, he's promoting conspiracy theories and whatever, but. I think we're running out of conspiracy theories that didn't turn out to be true, and and, and, and so in fact, if, if, for those out there in the conspiracy theory community, we, we really need some more material, and you know because we, you know, we, what do we got left here, conspiracy theorists of, of the world? We, we we please get creative. We need more material.
0: So at this point, I want to hand it over to Rabbi Lamb to talk on with you more about Judaism and, and faith and anti-Semitism. So, Rabbi Lamb, thanks so much for taking up the baton here.
2: Ben, thank you so much. Uh, Elon, I don't know how far you got in the Hebrew preschool, but uh, the communities that Ben and I grew up in, we would, we'd call you a as a you're the uh, the owner of the house that we're uh, guests in right now. So thank you for having us and for engaging, especially because the, uh, the topic we're in the middle of discussing is a critical one. And I'll tell you, the funny thing is that I kind of think in some crucial ways this whole topic is to an extent like a red herring. It's a distraction from the conversation serious Jewish people of all backgrounds should be having. And what I mean by that is on the one hand, combating anti-Semitism is, is critical. I mean, the Holocaust is still in living memory, for crying out sure. loud, but, but organizations like the ADL, whether they mean to or not, make it seem like that's literally all the Jewish people are about, fighting anti-Semitism. But here's the thing, <laughs> like here's the thing, like <laughs> yeah. we are the stewards of quite literally the most influential tradition of wisdom in the history of humanity, beginning with the Hebrew Bible. I mean, like the best-selling book of all time. And those ideas form the backbone of Western civilization They're at the absolute foundation of the American experiment. So when I reflect on this topic as a whole, the question to me is less whether the ADL is good or bad or maybe just like irrelevant, the more- They they,
1: they definitely have an impact on advertisers, I can tell
2: you that. Right, right, right. So I guess like Jewishly, but irrelevant, but more. My question is, how is it possible that we ended up in a situation where the vast majority of human beings, certainly in the US, when they think of a Jewish voice, like a voice representing Jewishness, they probably think of like, Jonathan Greenblatt, who, you know, you could say he represents no one, but more importantly to me, doesn't even pretend to play in the field of great Jewish ideas and texts. Like most Americans say, think of someone like that, rather than thinking immediately of some of the great Jewish minds of today, who are household names for people who study Jewish wisdom on a daily basis. Rabbi Asher Weiss, Rabbi Herschel Schechter. Like I truly think if we're going to fight anti-Semitism, then of course there's a role for combating those who hate us, but the majority focus should be on you know, in the technologist space, what you'd call like our core purpose, our core mission, bringing extraordinary Jewish ideas into the societal, moral, and political conversation in a serious fashion—like it should be a positive yeah, effort. I agree, totally. Like if you and like if you really want to combat anti-Semitism, teach Jewish ideas. Like send people to visit the greatest repository of Jewish teaching in history, the currently thriving YUTOR.org. Like actually talk about great Jewish ideas, and that's what I yeah. Was want model now, and I mean, where I want to bring you in to the conversation, yeah. Elon. Like. In many important ways, you're probably the standard bearer in our day of the scientific revolution. You're one of the living heirs of figures like Francis Bacon, Isaac Newton, William Harvey. And it's not an accident that all those figures placed the Hebrew Bible and its commentaries at the center of their work, and they all studied the Hebrew literature quite seriously. And in particular, one of the things they admired about the Bible is the revolutionary idea that human beings are created in the image of God, like in the book of Genesis, because God is a creator, he's an inventor, as it were, then so too are we charged with doing the same. We have to be creative, we have to be innovative. So my question for you is like, we normally think of faith or biblical religion on the one hand and technological progress on the other, as incompatible or at least like intention. There's like a whole Silicon Valley episode about this, but is it possible? Yes. Like, I believe I said being religious is borderline legal in Silicon Valley. Right, right, exactly. But like, is it possible that that's like a weird quirk of the 20th? <laughs> but like, is that maybe like a weird quirk of the 20th century? Like we really want a robust culture of innovation and technological creativity. So you've said in the past that we need a new philosophy of the future. So would a theory of the human person bearing the divine image of a creative god of an inventor god fit that bill like should people in 2023?
1: i mean it it really speaks to my heart i'd say because as someone who 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 loves sort of inventing and technology and discovering up i mean discovering the truths of the universe creating wonderful new things that didn't exist before wonderful new technologies that that help people you know I, i think sometimes i hear this among among absurd things people saying like oh the world today is so terrible i'm like you really should read history, okay? Because it's awesome. And let me tell you, you don't want to be in Masada, you know, when the Romans
2: were besieging it. That wasn't fun
1: at all. Um, right.
2: The, the people who went to the people who actually started on Masada only got to go there once. That was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One way trip, you know,
1: no, they were super badass. And that's why we, you know, that's where well they celebrated today. Like I said, I was, I was there and I encouraged the people to visit Masada and to visit Israel and to visit the, the various holy sites and, and, and see these incredible places for themselves. I've done that twice. So, and, and, and I, I, I think, I, I think like just sort of speaking broadly, I think it is good to have a, a sense of wonder about the universe, about this incredible existence that we have. I think it is, I think it is, we should be trying to understand it more, trying to understand creation, and we should be building beautiful and amazing new products and technologies that make our lives better and, al- and also allow us to explore the universe and, and, and see the incredible work of the creator, or it, or however one might define the creator. Like we exist, <laughs> where did we come from? <laughs> the creator of the thing of the existence that we, 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 we live in. I think we wanna go out there, we wanna explore and, and see this incredible creation. And sometimes I think like, whatever you may refer to the creator as, the universe was created somehow, and, and I think we should do our best, to understand and appreciate this incredible existence of creation. So
2: yeah. I, I, I wanna run a theory of, of X by you and see what you think. So the, the American political experiment is anchored predominantly in the Hebrew Bible, particularly in the book of Deuteronomy. It's by far the most cited work in the political writings of the American yeah. founding era, much more than Locke and even more than Montesquieu. And it was because the founders looked to Deuteronomy and saw that it lays out a vision for political order Which all the great political thinkers of the renaissance called the hebrew republic now deuteronomy's vision of society is based on four elements of which the american founders like really explicitly borrowed three right there's a chief executive with limited powers they're teachers of the law there's a legislature and then there's a court system but there's a fourth element in deuteronomy that's missing from the american system and that's the prophet and you can see why the founders left that out because it's an engineering nightmare right like practically speaking it's not something you can build into an institution. It's spontaneous. It's like a force that's meant to critique institutions or all of society itself from the outside. Yeah, And that's actually precisely why profits are so important. Like healthy societies need a mechanism for reflection and critique from the outside. So you need profits, but you can't build them. So like from an engineering perspective, how do you get them? So my question to you, Elon, is this. If I were making the case for the importance of social media and X in particular, might this, be a place to start like instead, yeah. of, instead of relying on a, just a plain free speech argument we could also say like yeah. hey if we're ever gonna identify those crucial voices of outside critique we need to be willing to we have to have like a high tolerance for a pretty wide range of weirdos and outsiders yeah and, yeah you know what I mean like Deuteronomy warns, like false prophecy is gonna be a real problem but sure. if you want to find one good prophet you got to tolerate a lot of bad ones right yeah yeah
1: exactly you gotta kiss a lot of frogs before you get the prince so yeah I, I, I don't know what to say, except that I agree with everything you said.
2: Meaning, but like so, that way, like X X wouldn't just be like a negative good, right? Like we're yeah, we're, no, no, exactly. we're Being <laughs> non-punitive, it would be a positive. Yeah, good. Totally. We're looking for something good.
1: No, we're trying to make the, the X platform a force for good for civilization. Now, this may sound sound somewhat high-minded, and and some out there may not believe me, but the 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 reason that I that that that, that reason for the acquisition was to help turn you know, formerly known as Twitter, now X, into being a positive force for civilization. And I, I felt it was increasingly a negative force and and a force with, with the amount of bias and, and, and sort of political sort of control pushing towards values that I think, like I said, do not align with probably 90% or not, maybe even 99% of the world. And that, that's really, that's that's not good. So uh, the, the purpose... You know, it was it, it wasn't because I thought, well, this is a great way to make tons of money, is by, by and and make my life easier. I, I was fully aware that the acquisition of of Twitter was financially dubious. Now, at the end of the day, I, we were with other investors, so I'm going to make make sure that ultimately it, it does pay off the, for those investors. But it's it's certainly I didn't come into, into it thinking, wow, I've got a real gold mine of actual you know money here. That that's not not not, not the case best case scenario, Twitter historically has been a sort of a non-profit essentially, meaning that' a non-profit and they didn't make profit.
2: to make <laughs> I was just, just going to get into a for-profit PH. Yes. I mean,
1: so, and I was, I was also aware that I, I was going to get massive amount of flack. So those, you know, I-, I Well, I mission
2: accomplished there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. So just to be clear, that hopefully people don't think I'm pretty, pretty dumb slash deluded to, to have thought that wow this is some easy money and won't result in criticism by buying acquiring Twitter <laughs> that that's a hard so, so what I'm saying is that you know I actually did the acquisition because I want to turn the damn thing into a, a, a force for good and increasingly so something that is useful and entertaining and and further civilization that's the that's the intention and, and it's I'm glad you brought up this point because the, the goal is not merely to break even which would be sort of stopping hate speech and it's it's Increasing positive speech, and increasing things that you learn. Now, sometimes those things that one learns are sort of unpleasant truths, whatever. And, and, but, but if something's true, it's true. But you know, so so that's that's the goal. Uh, that's the that's the aspiration. Is make something as useful, entertaining, and and in the in big picture, uh, it, it is a force where we look back at it many years from now. We say, hey, that was a force for good for civilization.
2: I love it. Now, my my last question for you before I hand it off is is so the the first century Roman historian Tacitus, he had when he first encountered the Jews, he accused us of being a lazy people. Why? Well, because uh, you know our Bible had this crazy idea in it. It was the idea of a Sabbath, like one whole day a week where nobody works. And the idea yeah. was ludicrous. It was like ludicrous <laughs> to the Roman <laughs> Empire, right? But now all these in, guys, <laughs> now in the end, like jokes on tacitus because the roman empire collapsed and now it's just like a meme on tiktok while the biblical sabbath is observed by (laughs) billions of people across the globe so like scoreboard but aside from that i'm curious what you you're like one of the most productive people on the planet by any like objective measure so i'm curious what you think about a revolutionary institution like the sabbath is like a regular recurring day of turning work off to focus on core values like rabbi jonathan Sachs called it covenantal time is that an underrated, overrated, properly rated idea in a high productivity society? What do you think? Uh, well, I think the, the, the general
1: principle of a day of rest is a good one. You now, it's a principle that I, I, I can't say that I particularly ad- adhere to. I, I take, <laughs> my ratio is more like, well, if I take three days off per year, that seems like, you know, about right for me. But but I think for, for, for most people, it is a, a good thing. And, we've, you know, in the modern era, somewhat have extended that to the weekend, effectively, two, two Sabbath days. You know, that's, there's a word for it called the weekend. <laughs> right, mission creep. <laughs> yeah, so, there's, so in fact, it would seem that one society has not, not really thought the Sabbath was a good idea, but decided we need to, to uh, double down on that. So, you know, and I think that's, that's generally good. And you know, I, I mean, I think if what if we think about the, the sort of, what's the sort of overall optimization of, you know, it, it's really saying every under the curve of human happiness, so if you take all the humans and their average happiness and how much happiness is that? Um, and lo- looking also into the future, so that we're not, you know, because obviously one can do things that make one happy very in the very short term, you know, like some sort some sort of sort of narcotics or something like that, but then on, will probably not make you happy in the long term. So, but if you look at sort of, but I think that's the thing we should be trying to optimize for is uh, the, the total happiness of humanity, you know. Over the long term.
2: I love it. And I think that's a perfect place to hand it off to Asher Gold, to bring on some other voices.
3: Thank you, Ari. Both, both you and Ben are staying with us for the second part of this conversation. And
2: thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome.
3: So uh, please both you and Ben, feel free to chime in. Now, in order for us to be able to hear all of our distinguished guests, we will do it one guest at a time. One technical request to all of the, to all of the speakers. After you're, after you're introduced, please unmute yourself so that we can be heard, so so that you can, be heard, you can be heard. Our first guest is President Reuben Rivlin. President Rivlin served as Israel's tenth president, and he is currently member of the steering committee of the European is this, Jewish. Uh,
1: is Rabbi Cooper speaking, perhaps, or, or I don't know who. Yeah, President Rivlin. Hello. Yeah. Yes,
4: I'm here. Good evening to all of you from Jerusalem, and I feel at home once I call you Ellen because sure. Elon is a very popular name in Israel. Yes. Is. Okay, do you hear me? It, 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 if you hear me, I can go on.
1: I'm
4: listening to very carefully uh, to your words. Uh, I have only one question because we are facing the same problems in Israel. I don't know if you know, but uh, throughout my career as a politician, as a member of the government, as a member of Knesset, and as the speaker of the Knesset, the president of the Knesset, and at the end a leader of the 10th president of Israel after Shimon and I all my life fought for civil liberties, including free free speech, civil rights, and also the view as a cornerstone of free society. You know, I think, and I would like to ask you a question, and it is quite a tough question. Sure. Where you actually draw the line? Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, using free speech all over the world, spread, and they are spreading hatred, racism, spreading uh, really feelings of of uh, really. Uh, bad feelings, one to each other. Yeah. So my question to you, Aylin, is uh, what uh, will be, it, in your eyes, uh, the case in which we uh, would also we consider and agree, agree together as a as person, if a person should not be banned or uh, censored by his words. Because sometimes in Israel also, and we run and we wish to run and we believe that we can run a Jewish democratic state, but we have along with us the Palestinians and people, Arab, Israeli people, and sometimes there are people in Israel who really believe that a Jewish democratic state means democracy only for the Jews, and that is something that we are fighting very, very hard and very, very seriously against those thoughts and we are discussing many times where to draw the line
1: yeah i know well i'm open to ideas here the you know i I think i think we're drawing the line currently it maybe not not in the best place but but it's not terrible you know as ben Shapiro was saying you know his personal experience is actually it's improved and you know i mean i'm aware of that old sort of trope of like, you know, I, I have a Jewish friend. I don't have a Jewish friend. I think probably I have twice as many Jewish friends as non-Jewish friends. I, that's why I think I have some respect. I think I'm Jewish, basically. So and, and so not, and they use they use the X platform. And I, and, and I was like, do you guys see anything and like they're like, nope. It's like, OK, well, that's at least, you know, you want to, you know, look at things statistically. And then and then also just confirm that, that there's not some statistical errors with seeking as many anecdotal points as possible. So so I think we're not actually in a, in a, in a terrible place and if we, if we want to get to a better place that, like I said, ultimately optimizes for the good of humanity collectively. And, and, and I also mentioned, like if, if somebody does express some anti-Semitic views within reason, you, I think you sometimes want to have that be said so that they, they can hear the counterpoints. And mm-hmm. if they never hear the counterpoints, then they're going to just be hidden anti-Semites. And that's not going to do that, that That's perhaps worse. Um, you know, so you know, a, a prominent example being being Kanye. You know, I've talked to Kanye or Ye many times, and said, you know, because he 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 sort of, you know, he says he's very Christian, and 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 um, you know, sort of obviously, you know, there's a reason why Judeo-Christian is often one word. It's you know based on a lot of the same things. So, and and one of the principles of Christianity is, you know, love thy neighbor like thyself, and you know, basically have empathy for others, and and turn the other cheek, which is do not hold a you know try, do not hold a grudge or, or seek seek revenge because in a, in you know if you, if you do an eye for an eye that an eye for an eye turns the whole world blind as the saying goes. So you want th- there is actually great wisdom to forgiveness to, to in order to stop the cycle of retribution. So and this is generally something I would encourage everyone throughout the world to think about is is because uh, the natural instinct is revenge ret- retribution. But then you know you, you get retribution, then they get retribution on you, and and you have this endless endless cycle. And, and we want to try to break some of these endless cycles of retribution. I um, mean that's part of the challenges. You know that's that's at the heart of many of the challenges that that Israel faces is is the this feeling of you know this strong feelings of, of retribution among among this the, you know the Palestinians and whatnot. So you know so I think those similar principles are, are, are very wise. And, and you know I I can't say I've been. I think I've made some progress there, to be frank, you know, with, 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 with the, and, and that, so that, so that, that's perhaps better than just completely excluding it. And, you know, and then try, you know, you try to get to the bottom of like, where is this coming from, you know, and, and I, I, frankly, I was, I wasn't clear on where, where it was coming from in his case, but, but, I, you know, I'd, I, I did try to say like, like, you believe in these Christian values, then, then you should, you know, it hit, you, you should act according to them. and And so. You know, basically, can we turn an anti-Semite into someone who is at least neutral, if not pro? Absolutely.
4: I really believe um, that uh, you, as a real uh, somebody, uh, a self-made man by all meanings, and be appreciated by the whole world, can do a lot uh, by defining, of course, the the help to draw a line in order to find the way, in order to make uh, the real uh, definition when it is should uh, wh- when we can allow it when we are talking about civil rights about free speech and when we are talking about insight. and uh, that goes also in all over the world all over the world and all over the free world uh, we would be we uh, would appreciate really discussing those matter with you because i really sure. believe that uh, you can help a lot in order to bring to the whole humanity into sense and uh, We are looking forward to see you in Israel because you are doing so much, and we are doing something in Israel that uh, could help the entire world. And I hope to see you one of these days in Israel. And God bless you. God bless
1: you. Thank you. God bless you too.
3: Thank you. We will now move to Rabbi Abraham Cooper from the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Rabbi Cooper, please. Rabbi Cooper, please unmute yourself.
1: Let's see. Where do we go from here?
3: Okay, Rabbi Cooper.
1: Okay. I hear a very quiet voice okay is that me
3: perhaps okay <laughs> okay okay so, uh, so, so. please go
5: ahead hi elon
1: can you hear me can you hear me well yeah. yes no problem
5: okay first of all let me just tell you i served as rabbi at oxford university for 11 years and therefore hosted presidents prime ministers captains of industry i say this sincerely there's a famous talmudic expression that words that emanate from the heart penetrate the heart you can't fake sincerity yeah. i have probably never heard as nice a compliment about the Jewish people as the two words aspirationally Jewish. I think you are indeed aspirationally Jewish. I'm going to respectfully disagree with my dear colleague Ben Shapiro. I think being Jewish is a wonderful thing. And most of us, we are creatively disruptive. There are yeah. people who are c- who catastrophically destruct- destructive, the the Hitlers, the Stalins, and the cre- and they hate those who are creatively distru- disruptive, and sure. you are a creative disruptor. Now, so instead of putting you in the defendant's chair, and w- that you have to. That you have to defend against false accusations of anti-semitism which is itself very unfair and that happens to israel all the time israel has to yeah. deny that it's a, a nazi regime <laughs> oh let me say God. the yeah yeah let <laughs> me say the exact let me say let me say the, me say the feel, exact opposite about, I, my apologies is that is that amazing yeah so it's not fair to put you in the defendants chair that's what your opponents are seeking to do so that you spend all your time you know in politics they say that yeah. defending is is losing Sure, sure so let me let me rather talk about some of the creative disruption in terms of jewish values that you as a non-jew who's aspirationally jewish is bringing to the world i'm very into values that run the world values network together yes. with the rich together with the richest black man in america robert smith the biggest black philanthropist we we created values university to get people like you to do short videos talk about your foremost values there are three things that I wanted to quickly discuss. Number one, I'll go through them and then we can discuss them one by one. I love your emphasis on large families and many yes, children.
1: Yes, so important.
5: I believe it is the last prejudice in society that you can look down at people who have a lot of kids as
1: as backward, as Neanderthalic. It's, yes. In fact, as you know, yes, I, I have many children, as, as did Father Abraham. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm like, hey, guys, I'm actually super pro-human pro-humanity, I love humanity, and, and I think it it, it it makes me sad when I, I suspect perhaps some people don't love humanity, like you know that there's an extinctionist movement, like there's a guy on the front page of the New York Times literally quoted as saying there are 8 billion people in the world and he wished it would be better if there were none. That's an actual movement, that's an, ex- an extinctionist movement, which, which is like saying genocide to all of humanity, which is so crazy I don't know where to start. You know, and, and it's somewhat of a, perhaps in some ways, an ingrown toenail of the of the environmental movement. Now, I'm an environmentalist. I think I've done perhaps more good for sustainable mm-hmm. energy than I, I don't know. You know, certainly one, You know, Tesla. I mean, there's more electric cars than all of our competitors combined. So the at least in the, in, in the West. So, it, but it, but the, the the sort of the sort of mad extension extension of of environmentalism environmentalism in the limit. Has people concluding mostly implicitly, but sometimes explicitly, that humanity is a blight on the on the face of the earth, that a scourge that must be extinguished. You know, things that would, would fit, we Hitler would agree with, kind of thing. You know, except he's you know more selective. But it's, it's like you can't have that. This is total madness. We we we, must, we should be expanding the scope and scale of consciousness. We should be extending to the stars. We should be an exciting space-faring civilization and and to to ex- explore and understand the wonders of creation.
5: Well, and, in, in and and the very first commandment of the Bible of course is to have kids, to appreciate the innocence yes. of children, to appreciate the creativity, the fascination. <laughs> and exactly, and everything that you said before about not having revenge in, in hearts, our you know children are uh, unlike Freud who saw them as as you know little these tiny little narcissists. In Judaism we believe that there's this beauty to kids. I have to tell you that the that the view the, the the photos of you bringing your beautiful little son, X, to the meeting with Erdogan. Now I'm not he- here to put you into an uncomfortable position. Erdogan is not, you know, a big Jewish favorite. He's called us uh, <laughs> Nazis and Hitler, and, and he tries to be this strong man. And suddenly you come to yeah. this meeting with him, holding this beautiful baby, and it's so disarming. Like, you're not ashamed to bring your son, your yeah. baby son, to a meeting with the head of state. And it's a tr- it was a tremendous statement of you leveraging the kind of credibility and power that you've amassed in order to promote the innocence of a child and being a father. And I love what you said, how you were raising him. Honestly, it was one of the most touching things
1: I saw in the media this year. I, was kind of, uh, I mean, I, 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 little, I mean, you know, kids I think people, maybe if they, if they haven't had kids don't realize that kids are the source of the greatest happiness. Because, you, you know, I think for, the best majority of people, they really love their the children. And when you love something, you derive happiness from their happiness. So, it, you know, it's, it, it's when, when my kids are happy, that, that makes me happy. Unfortunately, when they, my kids are sad, it also makes me sad, because it's not all you know, good. But, but if, if my kids are happy, you know, it, 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 it warms my heart and it makes me happy. So, so I actually t- t- tell friends, I have many friends who, who have no children, or perhaps only one, and and I, I really, I'm, I'm constantly urging them to, to at least you know at least have one or two, ideally three if possible. And in fact, this is a, I do this so frequently that people already know the subject matter when I'm when I'm about to say something, which is you you were trying to convince me to have kids. I'm yes, I am.
5: I am. <laughs> no, but I I I, I, I love I, instead of organizations like the ADL criticizing you, you have done more. promote this idea of children you you have to understand how important this is for jews especially we are not a proselytizing faith we don't have an army of missionaries so unless we have large families the jewish people disappear there were 20 million 18 million jews before the holocaust 6 million were murdered that still left 14 million we haven't grown at all in those 80 years we're still at 14 million that yeah that's it because the jewish birth rate is so is so low so instead of the jews criticizing you you're the first person with real technological credibility, doesn't get up and say that that the forward thinking of a society is actually determined by a lowering birth rate, that you know, yeah. d- declining birth rates, which is what what we hear all the time.
1: Yes, and uh, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said that that, that most of my friends are, are are Jewish. Now they're not all sort of religious, but some of them are. But 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 the you know uh, a number of them have not had children and at all. And I'm like, so there's such, and these are people who are incredibly smart and talented. They have a great heart. The You want more of them in the world, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and by the way, it wasn't... Einstein I, had I, a few more kids. Come on, Einstein. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, just, good point. Just do it for humanity, man. You know, so... And by the way, uh, by the way, I mean you—you you have ten kids, thank
5: God. I just wanted to express also my sympathy in the in the uh, really compelling uh, Walter Isaacson biography, which I finished in one Friday night Sabbath. That's one good thing about not using okay. technology. I read read the whole book in in a night, stayed up the whole night. When okay. you describe when you describe losing your firstborn child in your arms, I got to tell you, I had tears in my eyes. That was uh, very. Yeah. I'm sorry. Very
1: very sad. No, it's the saddest, sadder than I thought a human could feel.
5: Yeah, it was. It was very, very, as a, as a father of nine children myself, it was very heartbreaking. The next thing I wanted to go to quickly is, so that's the first thing, Jewish values, kids. The second is, I was amazed in your conversation with Prime Minister, who I have thank God known for 34 years at Oxford he used to come to speak to my students all the time. You have a right to kind of take credit for whatever might happen between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Because the reason why MBS is probably thinking that he has to really get, and all the Gulf states, the Abraham Accords, moving away from a, a petrodollar economy is because of Tesla, you know, killing gas-driven, gas-powered vehicles is where the Gulf states started to think, "Oh my God, this is not going to last forever." It's and not. more than any, yeah, and more than any other consideration, I think MBS and and uh, and uh, the sheiks of Abu Dhabi and and Dubai and and Bahrain and of course Morocco. And Morocco doesn't have the same kind of oil, but they're all thinking that electric cars are the future, and that's the biggest consumer of these fossil fuels. So just talk to me about that for a moment. Did you, did you think to yourself as you develop, I, I know that you speak about sustainable energy, but did you also yeah. think to yourself as you built uh, Tesla and as you, did you think that there might not have been a 9-11 back then Saudi Arabia was spreading Wahhabism all over the world that all yeah. because of pe- petrodollars, did you think to yourself this might bring peace in the Middle East?
1: You know, it's funny you should mention that. I wouldn't say it was like, in, I, I did actually, I, I well, it's, it, it, Let's put it this way: It's certainly ch- I was well aware that it would change the geopolitical power balance. So that uh, you know, countries that that had like a lot of oil obviously would would not be as powerful in the future as in the past if we have a sustainable energy economy that is using electric vehicles. And so. You know that, that that's I mean, that that's, that's rather obvious is that if you, if you if you change to to a sustainable energy economy then then oil becomes less important. Now I don't think oil becomes there's always going to be some role for oil. It's just not going to be the primary means by which we power transport and electricity in, in terms of oil, gas and coal. So it's, it's not going to completely disappear, but it will shift the power balance and and that that is that's is already happening to some degree and will happen to a greater degree and uh, yeah, it, it, it might have played a role. I, I should say also that generally when I have met with world leaders, I've for fought, you know, as much as my opinion is worth, I've generally encouraged them to have a peaceful dialogue with other, with other countries. And I've encouraged heads of state to reach out, not through, you know, their, their, their sort of foreign ministry necessarily, or it's often, you know, somebody who, three levels down in the foreign ministry, but to, to reach out head, head of state to head of state directly, you know, and, and, and have some of that has been helpful. I, I, I hope so.
5: Well, I, I, I truly believe the rise of electric cars, which is synonymous with you, is the principal reason why the Gulf states don't...
3: Okay, we will now move to the next speaker To I
1: think we might have lost your... Yeah. Or maybe Michael. Is
3: it, oh. We will now move to the next speaker, to Nathan Sharansky, the chair
1: of the. Oh, my apologies, I think we uh, we'll probably need to make some tweaks to the UI on this. Of the combating <laughs> anti Semitism. So the mic on mic thing, isn't yeah. it?
3: We will now move to Nathan Sharansky. Nathan Sharansky, please.
6: Okay, uh, thank you. Welcome everybody and Elon, of course, for this. So, guys, as uh, some of you know, I was born and lived and fought in the Soviet Union, where it was clear that there, there is no freedom of speech and a lot of anti-semitism and it goes well together soviet dictatorship would not permit any freedom of speech it will do everything that there'll be no no jewish or any other identity their religion was opium for the people and it was clear that anti-semitism is needed to the dictator to control its own people so they need external and internal enemy and so jews are very good internal and external enemy. So uh, for me, anti-Semitism was a natural part of the dictatorship, but then when I moved into the free world, went out of prison, and uh, I was surprised to find out that anti-Semitism on the left and the right can be the part of the free world, the world of the free speech. And of course, the big shock was when 20 years ago, the so-called Durban conference, the first conference against racism, (laughs) became the conference of agreeing that there is one uh, regime of apartheid and there is one uh, regime of racism but that's israel and then i had a big problem in arguing with leaders of the free world that anti zionism also can be anti-semitism and then when they were not agreeing i proposed my so-called 3d principle that Demonization of Israel, the legitimization of Israel, and double standard towards Israel, is like demonization of Jews and the double standard and the legitimization. They are old tools of anti-Semitism and modern tools of anti-Semitism. As the result, the international definition of anti-Semitism, in fact, recognizes this deep connection between anti-Semitism, old and new demonization of Jews and the state of Israel. So anti-Semitism today on the left is mainly concentrated on anti-Zionism and demonization of Israel. Anti-Semitism yeah. on the right is mainly concentrated on, uh, on uh, demonisa- classical demonization of Jews. And it's very important to fight these both hatreds simultaneously. In fact, what Cam is doing, go from one state to the other, from one mayor to the other, from one university to the other, saying recognize this international definition of deep connection between anti-zionism and anti-semitism and I have to say that it's very difficult for all the organizations to fight simultaneously in france but it's very important and now coming to social media it right we had a dialogue with facebook how it is important that the facebook will prevent this uh, dissemination of modern anti-semitism and anti-zionism and they, well, I remember Shell Sandberg, and what well, they really agreed, that denial of Holocaust is recognized as anti-Semitism and should be removed from Facebook. But it's it's very good, but it's very, very narrow part of the modern anti-Semitism. But when it comes to to recognizing, that, or to following international definition of anti-Semitism, delegitimization of Israel, let's say the statement like, that Israel today does to Palestinians what Nazis did to Jews, it becomes very, very difficult. So, what my question to Ilan is I am not a specialist, but can we, can we, between these two extremes, looking for the algorithm or looking for the removing of the persons who are speaking anti Semitism, can we do something like algorithm with communal notice, I think it's called when. When somebody says something like this on, uh, on internet that Israel today is the Nazis of yesterday, there will be a note that take into account this statement under international definition is anti-Semitism. Is it mm-hmm. possible to have such an algorithm?
1: Yeah, I, I believe that's what we, we, we currently regard. There's quite a long list. I'm not sure the exact number of terms, but it's a very long list of terms that are, you know, I think unequivocally anti-Semitic, and, and those those terms are you know, it could cause the algorithm to basically not not promote posts that, that have those terms, you know, I can, one can sort of get into some very fine grained de- de- debates of like, well, you know, is, is this does, does this term should this term, you know, it's so it's not like there's a you know, there's, there's a bit of a there's some things which are sort of more black and white, some which are a gray area. I think the general bias thus far has been even if it's in the gray area that it, it, it has diminished reach. That's the current kind of situation. So, but, but, like I said, I, I think there is some value to not being draconian, it, meaning that if somebody does sort of express views that one could, that could be considered anti Semitic, that there's, you know, on, on our platform publicly, that, that there's then an opportunity for people to convince that person to change their mind or present facts that are they're perhaps not aware of or rebut
6: absurdities that they currently believe. Well, you know, from my experience, I was asking my students. Try to, you have some criticism of Israel, On some point, try to say it without demonizing and delegitimizing Israel. And you know they always succeed if you make an effort. You can do it. But people are not making such an effort because the the society does view it as their criticism of Israel is something so legitimate that even if you deny the the right of Israel to exist, it's not an anti So. Can we bring into our education, to our culture, that yes, denial of the existence of the whole state or or demonizing the state and turning it into something close to Satan, it is anti-Semitism. Because many people are not ready to call themselves anti-Semites, but are very happy to call themselves anti-Zionists in the most extreme way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm to be clear. <laughs> very much, I, I'm pro the Israeli state. I, you know, and, and I yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's you know, this and this notion that Israel should not exist is just obviously absurd and outrageous, and it's it, 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 it certainly one of the most anti-Semitic things that could possibly be said, in my opinion.
6: Iran, you're absolutely right, but not only there is a state Iran which speaks about the world without Israel. But there is a huge internet recognition of the, this position. You can see it on the universities. You can see it among No, provinces. no, you're, t- you're right. Uh, They're exactly on the right. So no, 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 no. Yeah. for freedom of speech, but how yeah. we deal with this. No, I, well, the, the, the crazy thing that I'm finding that, that I'm
1: seeing is that is how strong on the far left is the anti-Semitism movement, or the, especially especially the anti-Israel movement. Yeah. It's it's actually very strong on on, on the far left including at the top universities in america and i've heard this now from many people it's, it's quite but uh among the tenets of the far left is an it is an anti-israel tenet. among much of the far left they, they just they they view israel as an apartheid state that that should not exist and and yeah I, and that is a that's a serious concern you know it's it's uh you know i i, I was talking to someone Who's not a friend, but you know, was 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 telling me he was in he was in high school in New York, actually at a prominent high school, and just and and he was saying that the state of Israel shouldn't exist and that and that the the, the Mossad was, was was the one that blew up the trade towers, and I'm like, what what are you? This is insane, and 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 he's just clearly getting it from elite high schools and and and. and you know, and just, I think the same is true in elite colleges in, in the U.S. And well, I'm like, thank you, Ilana. Yeah. Ilana
6: I want to, uh, one note, and I finish, because I know there are some other people who want to talk to you. One note that today's uh, anti-Zionism on the left reminds exactly the Soviet Union's propaganda against Israel, and uh, there's something to think about how this neo-Marxism is coming back to American universities. That's real. I, I,
1: no it's 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 a real it's a major concern like i'm I'm very worried about you know America here where in, in fact it's, it's not it's, it's not it's in addition to anti-Semitism that, that they're they're getting anti america just just yeah. the, the kids are being taught in in elite high schools and colleges to hate america and hate many things and and to question the right of Israel to exist and and i'm like what the he- what on earth is going on this is we something we we need to fix our education system because they're being indoctrinated with this madness so you know and and, and without, without any historical context as well so you know the, the the people being taught like oh christopher columbus was just basically pure evil and, and it's like well you know we, america wouldn't exist without him and you have to evaluate people's actions by the morality of the time not impose our current morality on Something someone did 500 years ago, because I imagine that you know 500 years from now they might regard us all as sort of savages, basically. So, you know, you have to, and if if you have a major historical figure like Columbus, you have you have to look at all the things he did, and some of them are bad, and and but but frankly, America wouldn't exist without him, and that's why we have a day dedicated to him. So, but they're being taught that that basically America is bad, that you know. You know, the land was taken from from Native Americans, and, and and in effect, they're saying America doesn't have a right to exist, and this is crazy. So, and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to to fix this because something needs to be done here. Our kids, and 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 many parents are blissfully unaware of this, by the way. They don't know that the, the amount of propaganda their kids are receiving. So. Yes.
6: Okay. Thank you.
3: We will now move to Professor Ellen
7: Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, please. Well, thank you so much. I have been studying the issue of free speech for 70 years. And let me start with a statement that many will disagree with. No country in history has ever really tested free speech, has ever seen whether the marketplace of ideas works, whether we can really have a society without censorship, A society, where every idea is tested on their merits. This cannot be a right left issue. I was the chairman of the Anti Defamation League Civil Rights Commission, was active in the ADL, um, no longer am, but the issue has to be one of trying, trying to live with complete and total free speech, which is why I'm such a fan of X and of you, Elon. by the way, my son's name is Elon too, because you are the first person who has really tried. Thomas Jefferson didn't try, Alexander Hamilton didn't try, Abraham Lincoln didn't try, they all compromised. You are trying for the first time an experiment, a great experiment, to see whether we can survive with the marketplace of ideas and without censorship. And I want to state very unequivocally We should not be drawing lines. That's a mistake to draw a line. That's an image that I want you to reject. We should be drawing instead a circle. I call it the circle of ism equity. And that is create a situation where all thoughts and all ideas are created equal. That we don't make judgments on basis of whether something is anti-Semitic or pro-Semitic, pro-Jewish, anti-Jewish pro-Christian, anti-Jew, pro-right, anti-right, we create a circle, a symmetrical circle, in which things are outside the circle, things that are illegal, you know, abusing children and that kind of thing. But anything else has to be within a circle. So if it's permitted for one ism, it has to be permitted for the others. That's exactly what universities are failing to do. They're creating a line on which Favored groups fall on one side and disfavored groups fall on the other side. And Elon, this is an incredible challenge to you. Yeah. You create a circle of ISM equity. Can you create a situation, and I offer to help out to help you do this, to sit and figure out what are the parameters for what kind of speech can be censored, what kind of speech must be permitted, without focusing on the content of the speech itself without focusing on whether it's right, left, or anything of that kind. It has to be something that's absolutely neutral. And then I think you'll find very few people will want to censor, because they'll realize that they can't have free speech for me, but not for thee. That's out of the question. Every time they try to censor their enemy, they will be censoring themselves if we have a circle of civility, rather than lines which are easily manipulable and no idea should be censored. Oliver Wendell Holmes put it very well when he said, every idea is an incitement. We can't draw lines between advocacy and incitement. We failed every time we've tried to do that. And so my suggestion to you is don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to any of the people, even many of who are speaking today, who want to draw lines that are self-serving, that serve the Jewish community, that serve Israel. I don't want to draw those kinds of lines. I'm in favor of no prior censorship, except things that are overtly illegal. Let the marketplace decide and make sure that there is an opportunity for everybody to answer whenever there's any argument or any idea that is deemed to be hate speech. You can't draw a line on hate speech. One person's hate speech is another person's love speech. You have, I think, the right idea to open up the marketplace of ideas, but I think you need some assistance and I'm happy to provide it with my 70 years of experience as yeah. to how to create that circle of civility, that circle of ism equity, because it will be self-enforcing. Nobody's yeah. going to censor the enemy when they know that they're gonna be censoring themselves as well. So that's my contribution.
1: Yeah, and, and I should say like we, we, we are experimenting with this idea of, Freedom of speech, but not reach. Meaning, you could you can you can post anything on the platform, even if it is hateful, provided it is it is lawful. Um, but but there's a separate question of then is that promoted or not promoted? You know, does that enter our recommendation engine? If so, with what promise? And and you know, our, our current approach is to to say, okay, well, we're not going to if something you you, you can say things that are hateful hateful but legal. On the platform but but we are not going to recommend that to others that's the current approach that we have so no, i think so, yeah.
7: dense i mean you can see how that can be abused and become a form of censorship too i, if I, I know yeah
1: i, I agree it's so, it's, yeah. it's not I, Advertisers certainly have a, a, a right to say what content they'll appear next to because that's, that's that's their right too but but not to dictate the what can be said on the platform
7: i agree yeah. with um, that I think there's one other danger, and the danger is reflected by the people who have been selected to join this conversation. I think there is a danger of this being perceived as a right-wing reaction to left-wing censorship. I myself am somebody who is a liberal. I identify more with the left than the right, but I oppose strongly efforts by the left as well as by the right to censor. But it would be a very serious mistake if X was perceived or you were perceived yeah. at some way, implicitly favoring the right over the left. That's why you yeah. have, for example, I would suggest that you have a small group of people, again, I would volunteer to be one of them if you would want me, who represent different perspectives. I would represent the sure. left perspective to make sure that you don't drift over to the right. Today, the greatest danger to free speech comes from the left. Let's be clear about that. Violence comes from the right, the the shoot synagogues. The left is educating our future leaders. I know I taught at Harvard for 50 years. I know who our students are. They are the former president, the future presidents of the United States. So the left poses a far greater danger of uh, censoring free speech and of skewing the marketplace of ideas, but I think X has to be perceived and in reality as perfectly symmetrical. Yeah.
1: As, that's that is our I, aspiration. That's, our, that's our goal. That, that is our goal now. The, the reality of it for anyone who's paying attention, and, I, and I'm sure you saw this, was that prior to the acquisition, Twitter was was very was left and getting even more left. So they had a massive thumb on the scale on elections, frankly, worldwide on the side of left, and would suppress. You know, republican voices at a rate i don't know sometimes perhaps an order of magnitude greater than those than, than democrats so there was a tremendous amount of bias now in moving and then coming from a system where it's like okay there's, there's this there's a massive lecturing bias is that we it, it to, to a system that is more inclusive and that that could where, where at least say 80 of of america perhaps the world could be on the platform and feel that that it's a le- level playing field and it's and it's fair to people with a wide range of views. That that's what we're that, that's our that's our goal and that's that's what we're doing. Now, given that it started so far off the left, it, 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 it is accurate to say it's moving right because it's moving to the center. So it's technically true that it's moving right. Not not that it is suddenly popped over and instantaneously become, you know, from a left from a from a left-wing propaganda arm to a right wing propaganda arm, but it is it, it but but, but necessarily, if it was f- pretty damn far on the left, it's, it's going to have to move to the right in order to get to the center. I, and that is that is our goal.
7: With all due respect, I disagree with that. I think okay. you move to the right in order to overcome the left. You move to the center directly and you create. You know,
1: we, we are moving to the center directly. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, as Einstein would say, all motion is relative. <laughs> if you start on the left. And you move to the center you're necessarily moving right well, that's, what, that's what i'm saying but, I but i've not to, to move to the right it is that we are moving right in order to get to the center that's just, you know it has to be well this is,
7: i would put yeah. it differently i would okay. say you're moving to the center without regard to you're moving away from the left to the center
1: correct which is perceived by the left as moving right
7: right but if you look at the people who are on this call if you look at the co-chairman of all this i think it is fair for some people to perceive this as a movement. Sure. To, like, you don't want to be perceived that way. You have to, in some ways, I don't want to say lean over backwards, but you have to make it absolutely clear that you are the only platform in the world that doesn't take a left-right position, a pro-Jewish and anti-Jewish, a pro-Christian, a pro-American, that you are a platform that is pro-free speech. You're the first people in history Ever tried to create a true marketplace of ideas. John Stuart Mill advocated it, Jefferson advocated it, nobody has ever achieved it. You're in a position where you can achieve it, but don't, don't destroy it by being perceived as a right-wing reaction to left-wing excesses. You must be perceived as being from the center and everything you do is designed to create a neutral space, a marketplace of ideas, where the only answer to false speeches is, is true speech and where the marketplace determines uh, how much the speech is spread out, how many people listen to it. Yeah. We have to have more confidence in our ability to answer bad speech. I accept that right. challenge in my life and I don't wanna censor my enemies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to be clear, we we actually um, have um, massively broadened what can be said on the platform. Just, but but we have, and and perhaps you disagree with this, but we but we have tried to guide our, our our algorithm to promote things that are positive more than things that are negative. To to to, to frankly, to have a love bias, if you will. No, no, I, I I realize that's perhaps this is not in terms of what can be said, but in terms of what is promoted to others, and. Yeah. And and I you know if 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 somebody, somebody wants to say like you know accuse me of saying well you, it's it's wrong to have a slight maybe, would, maybe you know a, a bias towards love and positivity then I'm rightly accused of that.
7: Look, I agree. But, with this is a longer conversation. I'd love to continue it with you offline because sure. I think can contribute to helping make this into the first true true marketplace of ideas.
1: Well, thank you. I, I, I think we are almost, we're, we're, uh, our overlap in, in agreement is very high. So uh, I would sort of value your, your opinion in the future. Because this, 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 this is something that we should de- debate frequently. And, and like I said, I, I think that the, the, the overarching goal is how do, how do we make this platform serve as a, a positive force for humanity. And I, and I think the free exchange of ideas is, does result in positive force for humanity. And and if if somebody feels like their ideas are even if they're wrong that they're not being sort of squashed and 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 censored then then I think because I think being squashed and censored breeds hate, hatred and resentment and and simply also then sends people to perhaps you know hate echo chambers that are outside of the mainstream I think where you get some of the sort of four chan based you know people who go. Kill, kill a mass shooting, um, because they're, they're in some sort of hate echo chamber.
7: I agree. And I think you're the only one out there who can do that now. And I think we all should be sacrifice our own interests, even on issues like anti-Semitism, to a far greater humanitarian interest in promoting open and complete dialogue, complete free speech in the marketplace of ideas. Only you
1: can do that. Well, well thank you I, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best here and and your sort of advice would, would certainly and better for the others on the call would be would be much, very much appreciated you know you know i, I believe one, one is always wrong to some degree and and we just simply aspire to be a little less wrong over time and, and, and eventually we can you know have to get, get to a really good place so but yeah that, that, like I said the 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 idea is is like well how do we make this a positive force for for humanity where we increase you know, the sum of human knowledge, we it's its a place where people, you know, if, if their ideas are based on false premises, especially, you know, hateful ideas that we can perhaps point out that, that the reason that they have the, the, this hatred is because of yeah. things that aren't true. You know, it's like, just, it's like, actually, you're hate, you're hating this or that group for things that are that are not true, or, or perhaps in some cases, things that happened a long time ago, for which people are no longer you know it's like the, the, the it, it was their great great grandfather or something you know that, that did the bad thing, so you know that's why I, I, I say like I think there's a lot of wisdom in in, in forgiveness and turning the other cheek and, and when i was when I was younger I, I actually thought well, turn the other cheek isn't that a sign of weakness, but I think it is actually a sign of strength no 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 it's about same token if you turn the other cheek and you're just getting slapped all day <laughs> and if that's, at a certain point you stop stop turning the cheek but 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 the, the general notion of forgiveness is incredibly important. D- don't hold some grudge for you know a long time. In some cases, centuries. It's it's like let's let's let's, let's let it go. And you know and to, to make another to, to take a quote from the right. the New Testament that the, the truth the truth shall set you free as John said. Truth shall set you free. I, I'm a big believer in that the the, the, the road to moral, moral is in, in my view truth and curiosity. Okay. And if you if you care about truth and, and you're curious, I think a, a natural outflowing from that is...
3: Okay, we're now moving to the next uh, guest, Rabbi Menachem Golden, chairman of the European Jewish Association, please.
1: Yeah,
8: good afternoon. I have the privilege to be the chairman of the European Jewish Organization, which is one of the leading organizations in Europe combating anti-Semitism and fostering Jewish life representing hundreds of uh, Jewish communities from across the continent. Uh, First of all, Mr. Mask, I really would like to thank you very much for the time you spend on this uh, topic. I I must say, I feel comfortable saying that I will doubt that you are against hate speech and anti-Semitism on X. And actually, just having this conversation is important because it shows your commitment to the issue. Having said that, and before the questions I have for you, I have a request for you. And I would say on behalf of the Jews of Europe, On January 22nd, in honor of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, we are taking hundreds of European political leaders, Jewish leaders, and Holocaust survivors to the Auschwitz concentration camp. And I would like to ask you to join us for this visit, to walk there, to feel it, to understand it, because I think that this will be an important experience, after which you will be able to feel for yourself the great sensitivity of the Jewish community to the issue of anti-Semitism, and where it can ultimately lead to? What do you think about this idea? Before I go to my questions,
1: yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I'm an avid student of history, so I I'm, I'm very well aware of of the you know the Holocaust and you know the sort of Auschwitz and, and Dachau and and whatnot, and and it's you know the the all the things that happened that were that were terrible. So this is not certainly not new information for me. So. I mean, basically, I I don't need to visit Auschwitz to to understand. I I get it.
8: Well, Uh. not not to understand, but to feel. It's quite different, I would say. I I would appreciate if you could have it in mind and consider it. I I really believe that will make something that you did not feel before. But but just please, have it in mind. But back actually to, to the main topic.
1: Right. No, I, uh, I, 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 I would say that I do feel it, to be clear, like, you, you know, you, I've seen and I've seen the pictures, you see the pictures of the baby shoes, you know, that kind of thing, and it's like un, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I mean, I should say it's what it's, it's, is obviously full of profound sadness to see that all these children were, were killed and still have some of their you know, belongings and see what remains.
8: Unfortunately, things that are clear to you, not necessarily clear to everyone. And therefore, again, I would say your visit to Auschwitz will be a very strong statement, not only if your personal commitment, but we all understand him will be once you're there. So I, I would appreciate if you could have it in mind because I really believe that your visit to Auschwitz with all the attention that will be, what will come with it, will really could contribute a lot to, uh, to the Holocaust awareness and the, uh, struggle to combat antisemitism.
1: But may that, bet- bet- sure, I will, I will seriously consider it. I just wanted I, to say that, you know, I, 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 I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable and, and it's in, about the subject and, and I've seen many pictures, so it's not like I'm ignorant in any, I think in any way here, but it, it could be helpful perhaps to, as an example to others.
8: I appreciate it. Uh, but back to the main topic, uh, I think that we can all agree that the discussion here is naturally about the importance of the fight against something uh, versus the importance of maintaining uh, freedom of speech but on making sure that there is no spread of anti-Semitism whilst maintaining the right, to, the right to freedom of speech. You know, Mr. Mask, over not human civil rights organizations from all around the world sent you a letter asking your platform to adopt the IRO definition of a adopted by thousands of governments and public bodies around the world. As far as I know, they have not received an answer so far. And my question is, will you be willing to adopt the iowa definition
1: on your platform well i wasn't aware uh, of this that this has been sent to us but i'm happy to take a look at it and uh, I, I suspect it's probably sensible it, it may already be what we're doing so i apologize for not responding i wasn't aware that we received such a thing so you know i think it's well why don't you just basically you know re- re- reply to my text or something with that with a link to that uh, or reply to my post on, on the X platform I should say with with a link to that and or or, or share it otherwise and and uh, I'm happy to take a look at it.
8: Yeah, I'll be more than happy to do so because actually having algorithms that monitor antisemitism is great, but uh, very important is to know what is antisemitism and what should be monitored and perhaps the, you know as he said a minute ago I do not think you are anti semite.
1: It's the uh, ridiculous thing ever. I mean, honestly, it was like, this is, this is like the most absurd thing I could possibly imagine. Uh, frankly,
8: yeah. I, I know that, Mr. Mas, but you know, you, you 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 own and manage a platform which, unfortunately, many anti-Semites use to generate Semitism. We have had Kenya, we have had the Jewish space laser, and daily there is more and more. So the question is, how could you bring this gap? I mean, how could X better reflect your own values toward the Jewish people?
1: Well, I, I think as it was articulated earlier, I, I think my ability to do match uh, that of the Jewish people, perhaps not everyone, but, but I think most, you know, you know, just knowledge, reading, understanding, debating, these are all Jewish values, and I very much agree with those. So the Jewish people are learned people, people are people of, not of one, of one book, but of many books, and I, I greatly admire that, So as a, as a rather bookish person myself. So Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah, but, yeah. No, but you know, Ilan, thousands of students and youngest uh, from Europe report to us on the demonization they experience on social networks when they identify themselves as Jewish or support of Israel. And, and that's not only just on social media, but it's also actually after they're translated into actual physical yes. harm. What can be done about that I'm from this perspective?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, if, if our system is, is not working in some way, we're so oh, happy to, to fix it. But, you know, I, th- I think it's what, you know, and, and perfection is, is not a reasonable expectation to be clear when you know, we've got 500 million interactions per day on, on the system. So, you know, if, if one cherry picks here, one can find the 500 millionth, you know, worst thing that was said. And it's, you know, statistically speaking, it's gonna be pretty bad, but that doesn't, that is not no way reflective of the vast amount of communication that is occurring. So, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job and and we we care about doing a better job over time as i said the operating principle is serve the greater good of humanity and that you know if if people look back 10 years 20 years or even longer look back on the actions that we're taking here with the x platform that they that the general conclusion is it was it was you know a net force for good for human civilization that's that's my goal and you know i I think we're, we're making progress in that direction um yeah so yeah. Okay.
3: We will now move to Michal Kotter. Yeah, oh. we're
1: also open to criticism, that's, you know, and, and, and crit, I value critical feedback because critical feedback allows one to be less wrong. And, you know, so I, I, I always worry and, and sometimes reflect, am I losing my feedback loop, am I, to quote Scarface, getting high in my own supply? Because that's, that's a danger that one faces. Now, I actually find that the X platform is, is helpful as a source of criticism of myself. <laughs> so. There's lots of people who do not like me actually on the X platform and make that clear. And, and that if, and if I say something, they will you know, trash me or, or, or contradict me, or in some cases, I might actually say something I th- that I thought was true, but then turns out I, w- I was in, what I said was inaccurate and then I get community noted, which isn't, by the way, I think community notes is very powerful for adding context uh, and, 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 and combating, actually combating disinformation. I pay very close attention to the notes, the ones that receive prominence, and, uh, and, and I have to say it's, it's really working quite well. Uh, just so that everyone in the call understands, broadly speaking, how the way the community notes works is that uh, people who historically have had different views uh, based on how they've reviewed other notes must agree on, on, on a note in order for it to be surfaced. Uh, this is actually very, very helpful and very difficult to gain. And the, the, there's actually a, a white paper on community notes that's I think very interesting to read. All the community notes software is fully open source. All of the ratings are fully open source, meaning you can, based on the, the code and the data, you you can actually recreate why a note surfaced or didn't surface. Transparency, I think, is, is a key to trust. So, you know, so, so if somebody says sort so, sort of like potentially, uh, you know, some kind of Holocaust denial thing, then they will get community noted, and this applies by the way to, to heads of state. It applies to me. It applies to our biggest advertisers. We've actually lost some advertising money because, in, in a few cases, advertisers made claims that were not not entirely accurate and got community noted.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: but the, the the point is that community 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 notes applies to everyone, even if you're a head of state or or you know the principal owner of the, of, the, of the platform I think I am I, I think it's, it's a very powerful tool so so overall you know I think things are actually like pretty good but but I'm not saying they're perfect and and, and we want to work to make them better
3: okay we will now move to Michal kotler Israel special envoy for
1: combating anti-semitism
3: Michal please okay for some reason so,
1: if, you know what with respect to the visit to the concentration camp I'll say I give it a tentative yes uh, because I actually do I need to travel to, uh, as it is, I, I need to, to visit out our, the Giga Berlin factory because our team there has been doing amazing work and uh, it, it's just probably, probably time for me to visit there anyway. And uh, so I'll, you know, consider it a tentative yes.
3: Okay. We will now move then to Rabbi Cooper. Rabbi Cooper, please.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me
9: on. And it's been probably the longest anyone has been able to mute this rabbi. So it's a very humbling experience. Thank yeah, you for yeah. that, Elon. Uh, also, I don't have resent you now the letter asking for you to consider the IRA definition. I was one of the lead signatures. I think there are 110 Jewish groups around the world that sent it. So if you can take a look, I don't have to go over the territory again, but it is an important decision to make to. Uh, giving a, a working definition. Sure. Simon Wiesenthal. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely take a look you, at Thank you, appreciate yeah. that. With Simon Wiesenthal for 29 years. And in 1980, he was asked uh, at a Midwest university, "Could it hap- could the Holocaust happen again? This was his answer. This was a man who lost 89 members of his family in the Nazi Holocaust, barely survived himself, and became the famous Nazi hunter seeking justice
3: I think we lost Rabbi Cooper f-
9: for some technical reason. Can you hear uh, me now?
3: Now we can hear you, yes, please. Okay. Uh, All yes. right,
9: And not exactly. But I've worked with, I worked with Mr., the late Mr. Simon Wiesenthal for 29 years. He's our namesake. And he was asked in 1980 at a university, could it happen again? Could the Holocaust happen again? His answer was, if you have organized hate, a crisis in society, plus technology, anything is possible and when he was referring to he's referring to the technology that the Nazis had radio newsreels today we wouldn't even consider it on the technological blip but he said had that technology been around in 1492 no Jew would have survived in Spain no Catholic would have survived in England and no Protestant would have survived in France so I think it's important, at least for us, as an establishing yeah. approach. Also, since you spoke a great deal about the idea of, of change and repentance, if you haven't read it yet, you should probably read his book called The Sunflower. It goes to the heart of the questions that have been raised today. We, I, I want to okay. take you, since I'm the second oldest person, I think, or third on this call, 30 years ago, we established a project here at the Simon Wiesenthal Center called Digital Terrorism and Hate. And I actually, went to see the first founders of Twitter in that building in San Francisco. And basically what they told me back then was at the beginning, we just want free speech. We just want the marketplace. Everybody should be heard. We're totally against censorship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Despite our sending them examples of how organized racists, bigots, haters and terrorists were leveraging their platform. It took the United States congressional hearings. I think Dorsey was the guy at that time where they told him ISIS at its power was deploying 200,000 tweets a day. And that was finally what got their attention. And if I may just say, because I'm not a technological one, I would like to actually send my technology people up to San Francisco to meet with with your folks. But when, when we when we talk someone mentioned asymmetrical it came out a couple of times here's the way we approach it i think on the on the fight or the dis- discussions over free speech and censorship especially what's happened in the last couple of years with fake news and everything else we're fought, we're looking at a different asymmetrical war which is we can meet any of these hateful ideas and the conspiratorial nut jobs in the marketplace of ideas but what's actually going on is They're leveraging access to the platforms, including yours, in order to market their ideas, in order to recruit, in order to fundraise. So if we're in a debating society, I'm all with you and with Alan Dershowitz, et cetera. What we need to look at together, based on your algorithms is you know what tweaks need to take place how do we make sure Goyam international does it which currently does use the platform in order to send people to telegram and then other folks will, will take their hateful material that's uh, thrown on the lawns of millions of americans across the united states how how do we make it more difficult how do we degrade their marketing capabilities not what it is that they have to say I think that's a, a core a core piece. And one other thing I'd like to bring up is that I also wear a second hat. I've been with the Simon Wiesenthal Center been blessed for 45 years. I head up our global social action agenda, but I'm also now a member and currently the chairman of the United States Commission on Intelly mandated sort of watchdog group. And last week, I, was the, I hosted in, in the U.S. Senate hearings on what's just going on in Eastern India, as an example, because we look at 28 countries. And I want to say yeah. here from wearing both of my almas, I salute you for what you've done for the women of Iran, for what you did for the okay. people of Ukraine, and making sure okay. and, and seeing that you have a worldview, that you want to help give voice to the voiceless. And I think this is another yeah. area that we should be talking about. I with I'll be in touch with you privately, but I'm going to invite you to keynote one of our hearings on technology and what's going on in China and elsewhere in Asia, Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. But if you notice the article yeah. in the in the Washington Post the other day, how the the folks in India are trying to occasionally shut things off. They know that it's being used to, to spread riots and all the rest. But at the end of the day, the most, I can't even talk about the, the details, but the horrors of those riots only came to the attention of the world because of social media. So right. the idea of also being there, sometimes it can be three zip codes that may be shut down, but the idea of continuing your leadership and I think this is the most important uh, part, with all due respect. I mean, I like the discussions and debates. I'm, I don't uh, rabbinate uh, both of the youngsters you had. The first one, Ben, graduated our high school, and I'm a proud product of Yeshiva University. But you're an extremely powerful world player. Now, Mr. Wiesenthal said it, everybody says it. Words have consequence. You know, he, ma- and, sure. you know, he married his childhood sweetheart. He was an architect and his entire world was destroyed because because he was a jew so for us yeah you i know you know it. you 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 are i think naturally drawn to the jewish people and we deeply appreciate it and ideas do count which is important you know we're not talking to the wizard of oz we're talking to a fellow citizen who frankly is more powerful than a lot of heads of state so both from the point of view of hopefully adopting the IRA definition, give our te- technological experts, of which I am not, a chance to sit down in San Francisco with your people because they have specific things they wanna bring up. And, okay, sure. uh, you should look at our commission because we look at human okay. rights through the lens of religious freedom. And when you take a look of how she, what he will do to try to break those people who have faith, defending those faithful, is the is the job yeah. of religious people people who aren't or agnostic and people <laughs> whose religion is not to believe in god that is the litmus test of our day so you know i hope you'll uh, come down to la to the museum of tolerance we'd love to take you around but most importantly sure. you know we're in this for the long range and we are inspired and guided frankly
1: yeah. by
9: the amazing humanity of a man named simon we uh, see
1: he was a great great man no question about it So, you know, it's 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 worth it's worth noting that you know part of what really drove, and I'm sure I'm telling people on on this call who already know it, but I think maybe the public public doesn't. But Hitler and the Nazis were extremely censorious. They 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 were they they dramatically they they obviously they, they. they exercised censorship on anything pro-Semitic or anything that would counteract the anti-Semitic arguments. And they, they would even have, you know, SA you know, brown shirts shouting down, like literally, literally going to colleges and shouting down anyone who was trying to make an argument in favor of the Jewish people. So it's like the, the Nazis loved censorship big time. So, you know, that's an you know, interesting point. is... We have to give, you know. Anyway, but like I said, the, the overarching goal here is to you know, create a force for good, not a force for you know um, that that improves the amount of love in the world, not and, and diminishes the amount of hate. So you know, improving the net happiness of, of humanity as a whole. And you know, and I, I, like I said, I think we've made some progress, and we will continue to make progress and continue to solicit negative feedback, critical feedback that can allow the system to be a, a better force for And we're just in doing so obviously just need to be uh, be careful that we do not, you know, as the thing goes- Thank pay, you pay the, so much pay,
2: everybody, that was phenomenal. Oh. Uh, I just wanted to you know, just
1: say, you know, that, that while the road to hell frankly is, is obviously paved, paved mostly with, with bad intentions, once in a while there's, a, there's a, a good intention paving stone and we just need to make sure that, that we don't, you know, in, in sort of seeking to promote, you know, love and understanding that, that that in the process, if we if we are too, too if there's too much censorship, inadvertently creating a back backlash that increases the amount of hate. So, and, and I think we want to keep this dialogue going, and we want to like, keep keep having critical feedback and and, and keep, keep looking at ways to to be better. And I think just having this dialogue is good. So, and and for those that that, that harbor hatred for for any group, whether it's Jewish people or or some other group, I think if we can promote understanding and promote forgiveness and promote and and, and help them understand that actually some of the things they believe that are causing them to to hate hate another group are perhaps false. That's that's really what we should be aiming for.
2: Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was fantastic. Thank you so much to my co-host, Elon, to my co-host, Ben. Thank you so much to all the guests who joined. And thank you most of all to Elon. Thank you so much for having us on this platform, for engaging in this discussion.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you everyone for your, your great feedback and it's, it's an honor to speak with everyone and a very intelligent group. So thank you. Thank you for setting it
8: up.